Welcome to Feel the Heat, a Five Reasons Sports Network Miami Heat podcast. Hosted by Alana Tahauer and Michael Christian, this is your one-stop listen for all things Miami Heat culture, past, present, and future, on and off the court. What's up, y'all, and welcome to episode eight of Feel the Heat. Miami might be in its off season, but Mr. Michael and I are still here potting, and we will be here with you throughout the summer, so buckle up. Heading into this episode, I just want to get your take, Michael, on the season, because prior to jumping on here and hitting that record button, we were already getting into it, so let, let's have you vent a little bit, because I, I know you're deep in your feels tonight. Uh, you see, okay, you know, I, I would rather you go first, so I'm going to make mine short on this one. I am just, I don't think there's any excuses worth even mentioning. I think this season went off the rails. I don't think it was good by any stretch of the imagination. A hundred thousand things went wrong during the regular season. Fine. There was many winnable games that they should have won. Games that if they had won them, they probably wouldn't have even been in this matchup in the first place, this 3-6. And let's just be honest, that playoff series was, for me, embarrassing. I love this team to death no matter what, and I'm sticking with them. If they make the playoffs or not, or if they get swept when they do, I don't care, right? I'm still going to be here with the team. I just getting swept 4-0 like that in the manner in which they did, where only maybe one of the games was competitive, I mean, game four, you might say was competitive, but that whole second half was so lopsided. I just, it's embarrassing for me to watch. I wasn't proud of basically anything that happened. And I think I just like the way the team looked out there are just ready to move on to the off season like now. So that's where I'm at. I just, I, ugh, that's it. I don't know. Just big oof. That's all I got. See, what's interesting is that you and so many other people keep tossing the word embarrassing around, and I just cannot relate to that in any way. I definitely am not happy of the way that we, I mean, we played all season, definitely not happy that we got swept, Um, but I'm not embarrassed. I feel sad for them, mostly that they weren't able to accomplish more. Um, I feel frustrated as a fan, and I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit tough to cover this team at times as you know, media or whatever you want to call us. Um, But for me, looking back, there is nothing that we, I think, could have done better given the circumstances that we had in terms of we didn't have an offseason. We got hit with not only COVID, but a plethora of injuries thereafter, to be honest. And I've said this not only here, but on Clutch Corner and post games, I didn't think we were making the playoffs then I started kind of getting a little more, more confident saying, okay, maybe we'll have a chance of the plan. I wasn't confident in us making it out of the plan. And then all of a sudden we got seated at that point. We talked about this too. And I said, if the heat make it out of the first round, it would have to be in seven, but that was a big if. So for me, I don't know if it's a matter of maybe my expectations were lower than everyone else's. I don't know if I'm just more of a realist. I don't know if I just try not to have regrets, but it sucked. However, there was a lot of circumstances that I think put us in this position and all we can do is just move on. No, no, I can't. That's that. You see, I just can't. I'm not. I can't. I can't sit here and believe in culture as much as I do and think that culture is ever okay with four zero. And I think I would actually even argue that most of the players in the locker room are embarrassed at the performances, at the way this series turned out. 
it's not even a matter of of oh they expected to win which they probably did as they should right you have to have that kind of confidence in yourself you can't lose like that you can't go down 4-0 like that you can't fight the narratives that have been going on all season in what's been one of the most up and down seasons I think I've ever watched as a Miami Heat fan come out into the playoffs saying what you're saying and then lose four games the way they did game one. Do you think they're embarrassed though? Because nothing I've seen shows their embarrassment. I think they were tired. I think they were realistic enough to understand that the season they had worn them, wore them down more than they were already worn down going into the season. And I think honestly, you know, listening to the pressers, seeing quotes come out, I think they just took it for what it was, um, took it on the chin and just move forward. I don't think they're sitting here saying shoulda, woulda, coulda and trying to, you know, say that we need to do better next year. I really haven't heard actually much like rah-rah from this team. I honestly think they're just taking it in and they're going to just move forward. Okay, you see, and this is where I'm going to come at you a little bit because the last episode we spent arguing for a solid 30 to 40 minutes only about Bam out of bio and the fact that you didn't like that he wasn't taking accountability. We were still for competing at that time. It's over now. I mean, what is there to say? There's nothing no. that we can say about this season. It's over and done. No, I can't. We don't even know what this team is going to look like moving forward. I know, you know, I think there's a pretty split kind of consensus on if everyone's returning or the whole team is going to look different. I really haven't heard much of middle ground there. Um, but regardless, we don't know who's going to be back and who's not. I, I don't think now is the time to sit there and take accountability. Should you have done that during the season? Absolutely. The playoffs even more so, but now what's the point? No, I, you see, I, I, I that's just, you see, and that's not where I'm at. So here, I'll give you this example just because I, I think it fits. And it's also not great that I have to share this on a pod, but it is what it is. I played tennis this morning. I played, it was four of us. We were playing doubles. We played the first game. Me and my partner played absolutely terrible. So the point where we got beat 6-0, just straight up 6-0. We got nothing out of it. We were terrible. I was frustrated as hell. I mean, I, I threw my racket a couple times just because I can't, I don't like going out like this that. This to be a running theme for you. Oh, I can't, I can't go out like that. I can't. So then they were like, all right, let's switch up the teams. Cause that was the plan going into the day. And me and my partner both looked at each other and were like, no, let's not switch up the teams. We're running this back. And we ran it back more so because we just wanted to make sure that we could get something. We wanted to make sure we can get at least one game off of them. We lost again. The other team was just better. We lost again, but we lost six to three. I walked away feeling much better than I did when it was down six. So I'm and not I think game four was that I think game four was as aggressive as they could be. The second half wasn't great and they were losing steam, but they came out looking like they should have. I wish they would have done that for game two and three, because I think to your point, game one, you know, there were a few mistakes made here and there, but overall I didn't really have complaints about game one. Game two and three were inexcusable. And I think they came back how they should have in the beginning of game four. They're gassed. I don't the, the second half of that game. It that was is not done. this team. That is not heat culture. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It is what this team. It's no, this team this year. Then we Every cannot year preach. Is different. Okay. Then what Haslam was throwing the chair for nothing. We're just going to throw that out the window. We're going to say that doesn't matter. Their post game press conferences during the series where they said, we have to do better. We're going to respond in the next one. Those didn't matter because in their heads, they're thinking we're gassed. And all of a sudden, everything they say, no, will come I'm not to saying, fruition. I'm it doesn't not saying work everything that way. was going to get fixed. What I'm saying is, 
I want them, and I'm pretty sure they do. I, I, it makes me feel better knowing that they're as unhappy about that performance as I am, that they're sitting there, not just like, all right, let's just move on to the next one. You have to sit there and look at what happened because if you don't look at what happened, try to fix it, try to make something better than that. I don't that. think it's on the players to do that at all. I think it's absolutely on the coaching no. staff in the front office. No, 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 no way. Each one of those players that played in this series, literally every single one, except for maybe Dwayne Dedman and even here, obviously, all of them have to do individually so much better. I understand. I understand that there was a lot of questionable decisions with the lineups at times throughout the season and probably even during that series. There's a lot of things about the plays that people are starting to pick apart and saying, oh, we got to make sure we get plays for Bam to be more aggressive. We got to make sure to run this other stuff. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But what I'm saying is these players have to play better than they did. Because if what you're telling me is that they came into that series thinking, man, I'm gassed. The season was tough. We had to deal with COVID. Now we'd have to beat the Bucks and then the I'm Nets. I'm not saying and then the they went into it thinking that. They're all very hard workers and they, they are competitors. But life is what it is. You need to be realistic at a certain point and understand that you can't overcome everything. There is literally almost everything working against you. And what we haven't even mentioned really yet, you touched upon it. The Bucks are not the Bucks from last yeah. year. And you know what? Look, I don't like the city of Milwaukee. I said that on the last pod. I'm not going to back down from that. Why? Because I am, man. I am salty. And to any Bucks fans who want to listen to this and then at me on Twitter, go ahead. I'm salty. My team just got swept. I don't know what other feeling to feel other than just like frustration. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, that happened. Okay, cool. You know what? A good time. No, that sucked. And I blame the city of Milwaukee for that. They probably don't deserve any of it, but that's what it is. The Bucs were a better team than they were last year. The Bucs played very well, especially offensively. I mean, Bryn Forbes looked like the entire San Antonio Spurs roster did in the 2014 NBA Finals, which is also a very frustrating time to be a Heat fan. I have to give them a bunch of credit, and they absolutely deserve it. But for me, this team should have done more than they did. The way game one went is how I felt most of the games should have gone. I completely agree with you. I'm not disagreeing there. What I'm saying is I'm also realistic enough to understand that sometimes everything is just working against that and you have to just move on and be better. I don't know. I, I just, I'm not, I, I just can't sit here and think that the players are like, all right, let's move on to the next season. Let's hope that the front office gets us better players. And if not, it just is what it is. I, I need these players to look at this and say, I messed up. I need to be better next season. And I'm sure they're doing that, but I'm saying that isn't the whole story. It's not that the players weren't playing well enough. But I don't, it was, I, it, I don't even care about the rest of the story. I don't, I don't care what happened. See, in I January. can't agree with that. You're just, you're looking at everything in a, such a small sample. You're literally looking at four games. Like they they were completely separate from the rest of the season. That's just not how it works. I know that for you, the playoffs are a completely different beast. And all of a sudden the regular season ends, we're in the playoffs and everyone's a much better player and everyone is healthy. And that's nothing not even, that's happened not even before. what it is. That's not even what it is. That's not but that's what, what you're acting what like. What happened was the playoffs started and everyone, everyone became a much worse player. Everyone on the team became a much worse player than they were in the regular season. Like perhaps then the regular season amount. actually has an impact on how you are in the playoffs. Yes. And because maybe by the time you and get maybe, to that and point, okay, we want to play this game. Maybe they don't quote-unquote, throw that game against Milwaukee. Maybe they won a couple here and there against the Clippers, sure. But this is where they ended up. 
they lose this series 4-2. I'm not sitting here this upset and frustrated. I'm sitting here thinking they fought, the Bucks were better, it is what it is. Right now I'm looking at this team and it feels like they didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs, whether it's 7, 8, 9, or 10, the way they came out and performed. And I, I agree, agree for game are... two and game three wholeheartedly. That nah, was... No, and I agree for game four as well. You had the, the way they came out in stuff. game four that I, I cannot agree with that. Second I actually had atrocious. fun watching. I was on the edge of my seat. We were in the lead for quite some time. You cannot say that they came out the gate in game four looking anything like oh, they did no. in game two First half of game four was fantastic. Yes, yeah. I'll give you and that. And then they got gas because of half. the rest of the season that they had to deal with. And... Because let me say it again, the Bucks are not the same Bucks as the year prior. They're not. They're not. But you're telling me that the swing was so large that it went from a gentleman sweep with the Heat winning 4-1 to the Heat getting swept 4-0. That's the talent gap? That's the talent gap based on what each team went through to get to that point. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I, I don't care. I don't care about the excuses personally they're not excuses or fact the sky is blue we went through shit and unfortunately it got to us more than i guess it should have and here we are like to me it doesn't make sense to sit here and be upset and be frustrated we need to concentrate on what's to come i don't know what this team is going to look like i can't decide if i think to me the only thing that the this that they can control right because look even no matter what the front office does signing players in free agency comes down to whether the players want to be there Trading for a player means that you have to come to an agreement with another franchise. To me, the one thing that can be controlled is the players that are there and signed, making them better. Oh, and, and they'll get better. Like- they'll get the rest. They'll get healthy and they'll work on what they need to work on. If you think that they're going to sit here and just take the off season to do nothing but sit on a beach, we both know that's not true. So, so, then, if you- so then that's all I'm saying. I'm frustrated right, so because there's I nothing expected to be them concerned to, about that. I expected them to at least not regress to the level that they did from last year's playoffs to this year. Okay, well, let's Literally get into the last entire, year. The entire team regressed heavily from last year. Let's get into last year then. Are you saying that the bubble was a fluke? Or are you looking at this year as an asterisk? Or is there a third option that you'd like to discuss? So why does one of the two have to be fake, though? It doesn't. I'm asking you if you think. this is. I'm just pulling from narratives that are out there. Because me, personally, I take this as the asterisk year. I think this year is not at all indicative of who we are. I think there was... So many things standing in our way, which I have already said ad nauseum and not going to repeat. So to me, this is not the Miami Heat that we know and love. And the bubble run was not a fluke. That's who we really are. In the bubble, everyone had the same circumstances. That environment was built the same for everybody. Everyone came back in the same manner after the season opened back up. I cannot say the same for this regular season. Some teams had more rest than others. COVID protocols affected more than others. All those games getting canceled for certain teams and not others, and then having to go make them back up, the scheduling, the traveling, there was no even playing ground this year. And I'm not saying this is an excuse because we're not the only team, obviously, that went through stuff. What I'm saying is to me, if there has to be an asterisk, it's this year, not last. I think if uh, I'll agree with you on if there has to be an asterisk, yes, it would be this year, not last. I'm just not, I'm not giving either year an asterisk. I'm not. Because just like the Heat have a laundry list of things that they can say from this past season that would qualify it as an asterisk and say, oh, this isn't the team. Whether it's, oh, we lost players early on in the season. Oh, this happened. Oh, this happened. You have to be honest and look at 
the bubble and say, well, other teams had reasons as well. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing it, but you could also argue that what happened with the Bucks, what was going on at the time of year, maybe affected them more than others because that was where they were from. That was happening in their state, right? No, like, absolutely. I think if you want to make excuse, and I call them excuses just because that's the way I see them. But if you want to bring up reasons for bad performances, for one, you have to bring it up for both to make it even. So for me personally, I'm not calling either an asterisk. I, I'm just not. I think this season was wonky and it was crazy, but everybody had to deal with it. Everybody was at the risk. Some had to deal with it more than others, but everybody was at the risk of it. And so the way I'm seeing it is, like I'm saying, I, I don't think last year's team was a fluke and I don't think this year's team was a fluke either. I think this year's team was much worse than I and many others anticipated, both coming into the season and coming into the playoffs. I, I will not lie to you. I look back on game one and I think one or two of those shots fall differently for the heat. Mm -hmm. You're looking at a win for this team. You steal game one in Milwaukee. You probably come out with more fire in game games two and three. Even if they do get blown out by 30 in both of the games, you still have game four in Miami. You're only down to one. You think we would have taken the series if we won game one? The, uh, that's not what I'm saying either. But I, I mean, it looks, it, ha it has to look way different. It has to feel way different. I and mean, if, I think game one set the tone, but I still don't think we make it out of this round. Yeah. Looking back on it, I can't say that. I have literally zero evidence outside of game one to prove any of that for sure. But also with the way this team went, there was no evidence to prove that Duncan Robinson would start shooting better after the trade deadline. He did. There was no evidence to prove that Kendrick Nunn would improve defensively from one season to another with as short of an offseason as it was. He did. There was no reason to prove why Tyler Hero would regress. He did. Like that. There's not really much evidence for a lot of this stuff. So it's like a fan's hope. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, hey, cool. Maybe, maybe they steal game one. Momentum shifts. Milwaukee's thinking, oh, here we go again. They're in their heads. The Heat are confident. Maybe it works out differently. Sure. That's probably not going to happen. This team would probably have lost in five or six games. But I can't, I can't sit here, and that's why I don't want to look at excuses and I want to look at this other stuff because it's really easy to look and lean towards those things when you're the team that just got wrecked, honestly. And I'm sure everybody in Milwaukee was looking at that last year. I'm sure a lot of the people in these comments were like, how did the Heat win that series 4-1? to one? Ah, well, you know, it was the bubble. They were dealing with everything going on in their state. Like, I don't want to look at it for either, and that's why I'm saying – I don't want to start this narrative of the heat were tired. They were dealing with so much stuff because then people are going to use that and then go back even further and say, Oh, well, this was going on then. So what they did then doesn't matter. I think you just got to look at both and say both happened. It is what it is. You got to try to be better. But to me, my biggest takeaway is I want these players specifically, bam, Jimmy, Tyler. I want them to come back. I want them to be better. I want them to be more consistent. I want them to find exactly what they need to do and do it on a night in and night out basis. And I'm sitting here incredibly frustrated because I feel like they didn't even do it on one night in a four game series. No, they didn't. But at the same time, I'm not concerned at all that all these guys will take the time necessary to both kind of reflect back mentally on what happened and get better physically to work towards whatever goal comes their way next season and honestly and I know I put this on our rundown I don't know if maybe getting swept was for the best because we both know the organization loves running things back for better or worse without seemingly much rhyme or reason I don't know if 
say the series went to seven, even if we didn't make it out, would the front office maybe say, look, we got so close, this could be okay. Maybe this is the wake up call that they needed. I don't necessarily have evidence of that, but it did cross my mind, you know, kind of reflecting back on getting swept that that could maybe be the one silver lining. And so that's where I sit back and I say, okay, if it took this series and getting swept the way that they did for the front office to be like, we have to make major changes and moves to get this team to where we want, which is championship aspirations. I think they didn't know what they had. If that makes sense. Like you can look at things and you can say, okay, well, they need to go into the offseason. They need to improve. They need to get more players. They need to get better. They need to figure something out. I don't, I don't even know what that is right now because I don't know the pool of free agents that's available. I don't know who's going to be available in trades. It's I'm not saying that they should run it back. And I'm not saying that they will. I, I, I think if anything, Pat Riley is probably sitting more on my side than yours, where he's just like fuming. See, you can I don't agree with that either. You, oh, you. OK, wait, 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 wait. you think genuinely and this is a general question. Pat Riley sits is sitting in his office or he's sitting in his seat. He lose game four the way they did. He goes back into his office or whatever it is. You think he's just sitting there thinking, well, this season was chalked. What a what a mistake. Let's come back and do something no, else. No, I think he's angry, but I also think he's realistic enough to understand what this team has gone through and that also it's impossible for every team to be good every year. It just doesn't happen. Something wasn't clicking this year and actually to your point of not realizing what they have, I don't honestly know if it's a talent problem. I think it's a chemistry problem, and I don't necessarily mean that in the way of guys don't get along. I just mean on the court. I don't know if that's figuring out different lineups or that just certain pieces need to go in order to make things stronger. I think you brought this up in our last pod. The camaraderie isn't there. Players are calling each other out in the media. You can tell body language-wise that things have changed. Again, I don't necessarily think that's an off-court matter. I think it might be more so just kind of things not gelling the same way on the court, but I don't necessarily think, you know, it's as much. Yeah. We have voids we need to fill and we need holes, holes that need to be plugged, but I more so just think it's figuring out who just doesn't fit right now and moving on from them. Yeah. I mean, we'll have plenty of time to dissect off season specifically and like what moves we'd like to make, who's available, who do you keep or not? And a lot of that, we're going to get more information as the weeks go on. So it'll be fun to do these episodes in the off season. Cause you know, there'll be a lot less yelling between us. Hopefully. Oh, absolutely. We're not going to sure. a single player. I okay. can literally mark the date and time right now. Well, I don't it. know when I signed up for a podcast to just yell at each other for a straight hour, but here we are. And we'll just keep doing that. Michael people, loves it. Don't don't let him fool you. People seem to enjoy it, I guess. I just I I think I think it's a talent thing. I think there needs to be a bit more talent injected into this team. There's there's only so far you can go with like that ragtag group of guys that are really there fighting for each other. And I think eventually you get to a point where one team's talent just kind of, you know, kind of overshadows the other. And so, okay, then who's untouchable for you, if anyone? Oh, that's so tough, though. Um, I'm here to make your life difficult, Michael. Why don't I hear your answers first, and then I'll say who's untouchable for me so that I can disagree with you. Honestly, I don't think anyone's untouchable. If I had to pick one gun to my head, I would say Jimmy. And it's only because I think he has poured his heart and soul into this franchise, and I think he genuinely wants to succeed 
here and with this team and with this front office. Do I think Bam's the same? No. I know everyone is saying that the two guys that cannot be moved are Bam and Jimmy. I'm sorry. I just don't agree with that. I'm not necessarily saying that I want him gone, but I don't think that the front office would have as much problems or, or would second guess that as much as they would Jimmy. I don't know. I don't know if man, that's the, I don't know if this team would be more willing to move on from Jimmy as opposed to Bam because of the age. The control. I think on the we're team. in a Jimmy era now, though, and I know that's weird to say because for the longest time it basically was just Wade, and then after that it was just a little bit of the weird forgotten mess, and now we're here. But I really think that right now their main goal is just kind of getting Jimmy to the place that he wants to be. I think he's going to retire here, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and if we're judging just from an outside perspective, obviously with no you know further insight, but. I don't know if Jimmy and Bam are as close as Jimmy and some of the other guys. And I just don't know if it's going to necessarily be Jimmy sitting there saying we need to build around me and Bam. If a better, obviously offer comes along. I, to me, to me, I, I think I would prefer to not move Jimmy and Bam because I, I think all-star players are hard to come by. And when you have them, I don't think you can just give them away unless you're getting all-star talent in return. And because of what this past season was, I don't think that happens. And honestly, too, I just part of me wants to keep both of them because I like what they bring. Jimmy has that leadership. Jimmy has that fire. Jimmy has a way of elevating a lot of guys around him, even though this year, it, I mean, let's be honest, it just didn't happen when we needed it to. Bam, to me, is still, I really do think Bam can get there. And I think I think he can get there if he's used correctly. And I think that's one of the major problems with what has happened this year. I think they need to start utilizing him to his talents. But then I I saw somebody tweet this. I don't know who it was that tweeted it. And I I mean, it was a very good point. It was interesting. They mentioned the Nets and I know the Nets are very different situation. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. three MVP caliber players and not even all star MVP calibers, likely Hall of Famers. For, for sure, two out of three, most likely three out of three. But they were mentioning how those three guys spaced the floor for the three-point shooter for, for Harris, mm-hmm. right, on the nets and how that happens. And it's Duncan Robinson is the only one that spaces the floor for literally the entire team. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody else has that gravity. Nobody else pulls defenders any certain mm-hmm. kind of way. I mean, you saw people sacking off of Bam big time. I think if Bam can learn to get confident and shoot that three-point shot, and we've heard he can shoot it. We're looking at a different situation here. And I think he was working towards that at some point. So I'm kind of wondering what happened there in terms of if he was kind of nudged by the you know coaching well, staff that someone else should be taking that role or if he kind of stifled himself. I mean, it might have been a mixture of a bunch of things, but also if you have Bam out at the like deep mid-range three-point line, you've got zero inside in terms of size. Zero. Yeah. Your chances on an offensive rebound are nothing. Even just fighting for one just don't happen. So I think it's the way this team is constructed. Yeah, if you play Bam and Deadman together. but Which I still don't understand why we didn't give that a try in game four, but that was already talked about on post game. Well, I've never understood. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go listen. I've never understood why they never played Bam and Precious together either. At least try it. It's not like there was an opportunity this season in the wackiest season where you were missing a bunch of players night in and night out, you could have tried it at least once. Mm-hmm. They didn't. 
it's the way they want him to play, I think, is what's messing him up. And I think mm-hmm. what needs to happen for me is Bam, I think, does need to get better. He needs to get more aggressive. I think mm-hmm. he needs to find a way to, to fit more into exactly what his game is. I also think the team needs to help him get there. I agree. I think they need to define that for him and say, this is who you are. Focus on that and do that. And I think he's more than a screen and roll guy. I think he's more than just a handoff guy. I think Mm -hmm. he can be more than that. So for me, both of them are untouchable as to the rest of the team. Yes. I'd trade them. It would have to be for the right prices. And this isn't that I'm trying to go on a fire sale here, but I think before people look at who on this team is untouchable, you kind of got to look into, well, who are you bringing back? Cause there's a lot of guys that you have to make decisions on Two of them specifically being Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. And I don't know how I feel about bringing both of them back. We've talked about this before on clutch corner. I mentioned that I didn't think they were going to bring Kendrick Nunn back. Not that I don't think they should. I was just saying, mm-hmm. I didn't think they would Duncan Robinson. I think they kind of have to sign at this point because you've got no other shooting unless they really believe Max Strews can be another Duncan Robinson. And I, I've said this for a long time. I think Duncan Robinson is unique in his skill set. I think other people can shoot threes, just not at that rate. So did his quote scare you off a little bit? Because he was talking about having it, having to be the right fit earlier today, which I mean, honestly could have meant anything, but to me somewhat made me think that he wasn't going to return. Um, I think he might not want to return because again, like we said, he's the only one on the team that can do that. He's the only one on the team. I mean, he spends the entire game running around mm-hmm. after screen after screen after screen to try to get his three point shot. It's a lot of pressure on him. Um, I, if he didn't want to come back, I think I'd understand if he wanted to go somewhere else to have a better chance of winning. Personally, I'd love to resign him. I don't know exactly what the money is just because you and I are not the most, you know, smart. Well, I think at this contracts. point they're saying somewhere between 18 and 20 and can yeah, I'm have a 15 with yeah, yeah, 15 is well, 15 is a little high for me. So I would resign Duncan if I could. I think I, I saw, you know, what he was talking about. I think it was just all what all players do, right? The, I want to be secure. I want to be on a winning team. I want to feel like I have a place. I want to get my money. I mean, that's just like literally every bullet point, but I want to know what you feel about Duncan. Cause I mean, we've disagreed on him before. I think you've come around. You, you're happy about what he's doing. I think he plays a crucial part to this team, and I think you agree, but maybe we disagree on the money or whether or not he's worth bringing back. Maybe we should just develop Struess or somebody else we have. No, I mean, at this point, I do think um, that it would be in our best interest to bring him back. Obviously, you know, for me, and I think I've been saying 16 or 18, I don't know if I'd go above 18 still. Um, Again, it obviously depends what the rest of the roster looks like. I do think to your point, he is extremely unique. And I think that he's figured out kind of how to make himself work best within our system. Um, You know, if you would have asked me that at the trade deadline, I would have said absolutely not move on from him. And do I still think that defensively he can use some work? Yes. But I think his offensive skill set alone is enough to warrant bringing him back to your point though. I'm not so sure if he would want to come back. Um, I, you know, there's this weird thing I think that happens after every postseason, or at least I've kind of noticed in the last several years, everyone just assumes all the guys want to come back. It's, it's like heat Twitter can't even fathom. How could someone not want to return to this franchise? And I actually tend to lean the other way of assuming that guys want to explore other options before even re-signing. So to me, and maybe I'm just reading into that quote, it kind of, it just didn't make me feel confident that he necessarily 
wanted, you know, bar none, it being his first choice to come back. But would I want him back? Yeah. I just, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, here we go. Weird times. I agree with you. I, the way this team looked there at the end, I don't think anybody can look that and say, man, I'm, I'm itching to come back with the same group of guys. I'm dying to be in that. I don't know what it was like in that locker room. Mm-hmm. I, I don't claim to know. I have no sources. As far as I know, you don't have any sources either. Is this our cue to get Ethan on this pod? I mean, if he knows what's happening in the locker room, absolutely. I, it, it, we mentioned this last time. It, it feels like something went wrong. Something mm-hmm. along the way went wrong. And I can't just blame it on availability of players. I think there was some friction between what was happening, whether it was contract situations, off the court issues, yelling at each other in the locker room in certain situations, whatever was happening, something with this team didn't have that same brotherhood feeling that last mm-hmm. year's did. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Jay Crowder wasn't on the team. So that really threw this whole thing off. I, look, I like Jay Crowder as a player, no matter how much everyone's trashing him for his three point shooting right now. Okay. But he's just been such a joy to watch on the suns. Every reaction of him can be like a new meme. Like I literally, I feel like I have a hundred things saved to my phone of Jay every night at this point. I think what I like about him is that he keeps poking at LeBron because I listen. Well, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great rivalry yeah. that's just formed between the two. Of them. I, I have a respect for LeBron. I love LeBron. And we will eventually get into the episode of who we think is the greatest player of all time. LeBron. I'm going to um, have to get very drunk for that one. Okay. If you say so, I just feel like when he plays lately, the way he winds to the refs, maybe he did that when he was in Miami and I just didn't notice it, but oh, no, it, it's a hundred percent gotten worse. Oh, my even I goodness. have to admit that usually it doesn't bother me. I kind of like when he plays into the whole narrative that fans have created from it. At this point, it's kind of reaching the point of he's just doing the most. His latest, what was it? he did one? It was on like a rebound or something. He like jumped up and then like straight up flailed in the air and then fell down mm-hmm. on the ground. And he hurt himself more because he flailed. It's like, yeah. dude, Bron, just chill. They're going to call the foul for you. You don't have to do that much. And then Schroeder with his whole... Oh, no, Anthony Davis with his whole, oh, that was a dirty play by Devin Booker. Listen, bro, you just kicked the dude in the nuts. Like, shut the hell up, all right? I'm just not – that's why, right? Because you've asked me before, why don't I like the Lakers? I just feel like their, their attitudes, that, like, begging the referee every five seconds. Oh, and it's completely flailing. just them being Ugh. Lakers. Like, it obviously personnel plays into it, but I think, to your point, LeBron has gotten way worse, and I think it's just being a part of that organization. it's a top-down thing as well. I think when, mm-hmm. you know, they see LeBron doing it, they're like, oh, I can do it too. Like, uh, let's be honest. The Heat flopped back in the big three days. Everyone gonna... flops. I, you know Everyone, what? It's, I, that, it's to the me, level is the worst thing in the NBA. Uh, to me, flopping is the worst thing in the NBA. Hands down. Goaltending is the worst thing in, in the NBA to me. I will never get behind that call. You have no proof the ball is going in. That is the dumbest call, and I will die on this hill. None. They literally Wait are like, mm, trajectory. Like, it looks like it's going in. No, you don't know what's going in, actually. So yeah, why don't we stop what? having that be a rule? What just happened? What just? I think I just we broke, just, Michael. No, we were just yelling about the heat. And then we kind of calmed down and we talked about who we should bring back. We got to Jake Crowder and LeBron. I hate flopping. Are you not? And you hate goaltending? I hate goaltending. I think I probably, someone should search this. I have probably like 50 tweets over my lifetime about how much I hate goaltending. It's weekly at this point. You're not, you're not serious though. Oh, I'm dead ass. Goaltending a hundred percent has to be called. 
they need to make better parameters for it because they're just like, ooh, look, it looked like it I was will, going time in. Time out. I yeah, will it say, looks like I will I could say, be a billionaire when they're tomorrow. like, okay, because they, okay, the rule is if it's like coming down, right? If it's already, yeah, it's the trajectory the peak and it's coming ball. down. Yeah. Well, no, it's not the trajectory. It's the like arc. Whatever. If it's going down on the arc, it's a goaltender. That one, I will That's give you. That's what I'm that saying. I'm not saying dicey. you can't call it at all because then that would make any sense. I'm no, saying you no, need no, to because like if somebody hits it off of the backboard. Right, and then you have to refine smacks, though the calls because I feel like half the time it's not a goaltend. I I it. feel like you're. That's a very vague thing to hate, and I'm like, I I just don't get I it. I hate it more. More. That's the more that's than flopping. Hate. You. Oh, I absolutely flop away. Win an Oscar for all I care. Oh my gosh, you're joking. So you would no. rather watch CP3 go up against Marcus Smart for? Oh, like I love that. Ten yeah, games Marcus in a row where they flop like crazy, mm-hmm. then watch a couple goaltends per game. Poorly called ones, absolutely. Oh no! I You're can't. just giving free points to the other team. At least they don't hit flopping. the ball in you the air. Stupid. Creative. You have to put theatrics into it. There's, you know, some physicality happening. Goaltend. Right. It's like, oh, you want a basket? Here you go. What do? You, but they hit it. Why did they hit it? Don't hit it. You're there because they're trying to block it, or they're in the way. They're not. You were late. It. You were late. No, I disagree. Again, if it's a good goaltend call, then that's fine. But so many times it's not. I need to have some conversations with the league about this, I think. I don't think the league gives a flying. Don't F worry. This is, I'm going to make the my life's mission. I feel like I don't have that big a problem with goaltending. Sure, some of them are questionable, but I feel like NBA players are smarter than doing that like once per game. It's okay. I will just be over here alone fighting the good fight. I think I'm fighting Speaking a better fight against flopping of fighting the good fight. I've been killing the transitions. You just sometimes don't let me transition. Michael is making a very angry face at me, but what's new? Um, Bucks Twitter. Let's discuss for a second because that was all the rage after the game. And I got some not so nice text messages referring to Bucks Twitter, which I could have done without. So let's get into this. Do you think that their initial bubble tweet for starters was warranted or just doing too much? Oh, you're talking about official Bucks Twitter. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Bucks Twitter. Like, oh, I don't people... follow any Bucks fans. And I don't even I, mean that a shade. I, I don't think... only follow Heat fans and Bulls. Fans. I mean, I don't really think there's more than maybe like 50 on Twitter, honestly. Probably um, not. What? What? Yeah, the Bucks tweeted. What did they tweet? It was something about bubble, bubble frauds. What did this they tweet? Isn't, I no, it, I think it said something like this isn't the bubble. Oh, okay. I mean, Here's here's my biggest thing about the bubble when people say bubble frauds and all this crap. I mean, how do we kick their ass in five then? Right? Like the, was the I'm bubble saying. that powerful? That no, we everyone beat had them the same in, opportunities in, in the bubble. So in fact, I, yeah, I just I I don't get that whole narrative. I was more upset at what was it? I think um, there was like an official tweet from the official Bally Sports account oh yeah they were savage too that one was like okay you know you didn't have to pick a side you obviously did i've always and this is i i think okay i think everybody feels this way i think everybody always feels like they're the most picked on and they're the most hated right whatever it is you support you know so i think lakers fans think that they get more picked on than anybody else Knicks fans think that about new york heat fans think that about miami everybody yeah but i think i can opt just confidently yeah. say that That's what I'm he, saying. that the heat nationally are mm-hmm. not given any respect and they haven't for quite some time 
And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like everybody feels that way. So like, you know, I kind of have to reel it back a little bit because there's a bit of homerism to it. But also, I f- yeah, like you're saying, there's something about Miami that people just like really get after. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's a really, you know what pissed me off? And I'll say it. 14, LeBron leaves. I didn't get no apology letter. I get no no ad in the paper from LeBron saying sorry. We didn't get coverage in Miami for weeks about people being super upset about it. Everyone was just like, ah, screw them. We're on to Cleveland. Good for Cleveland. But when Cleveland was sad, oh, poor babies. Poor to little be Cleveland. Fair, Cleveland doesn't have much to hold on to without that. But I oh, so we should get in trouble because we have beautiful beaches and beautiful people. Oh my god! I like that you're saying we like I'm there. I wish, but well, I technically I'm not there either because I live in Orlando. But I was born and raised there, so for me, that's I can fair. say you we, have right? those, yeah, that's, that's absolutely those are my true. people, right? So oh oh, I'm so sorry that our way of living is nicer because we don't live by a crappy lake in friggin' Ohio. Okay, no boohoo. Shut up. You sucked. You didn't help LeBron for years. Okay. No one's going to feel bad for you. You Jersey burners and terrible owner. And then he goes back and it was like, oh my God, we love LeBron. He's the best. The only thing is I feel like, and I'll say it again, heat Twitter has been insufferable lately and it doesn't help our image in the national media, because let's be honest, it's clear that most of these analysts don't watch a lot of, not just us, but a lot of the teams. So when all they're doing is just sitting there scrolling through the interwebs and they see heat Twitter, we look a little dumb. I'm not going to lie. Easy. I feel it's like we're somewhat doing this to ourselves. It's easy clicks for them. And again, maybe this happens in other places and I just don't know it because I don't follow a lot of them. Right. But I feel you like don't it watch happens. any other teams. I understand. That's what we're doing. Well, you had to, you just set me up like silver platter. Okay. How many, how many, the how many people do you follow from uh, Milwaukee Twitter from Bucks Twitter? How many people do you follow? Is there Bucks Twitter? I wasn't aware that was. A oh, thing. true. Let me find a. Let me find a better. How many people do you follow for like Clippers Twitter? Who are the Clippers? Mm, Hawks Twitter. I follow a few because they're funny. Okay. Like I will say the Hawks social media team fire always. Okay. Well, I sure I I don't follow them because but that has nothing to do. Team. I I watch games. I just, I was calling you out for not me, watching. It feels games. like Miami Twitters. And I will say this for Heat and Dolphins. Anybody national media says anything and their clicks go nuts. That's like, true absolutely. because like, we're very aggressive. Back. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith says one thing about the mm-hmm. Heat and it's on everyone's stuff. Like one. What was it? There was that one recently. The guy who tweeted out about um, Udonis has him throwing. The oh, chair, yeah. What an idiot. UD. First yeah. of all, you bitch. Get 100%. out of here. I don't even know 100%. who you are. Get out of here. You dumbass. I told him to delete this, fam. Oh, you got him good. I did. It felt so Dang. good just hitting wow. send. Wow. You're adding the fam at the end, too. Yeah. It if felt this guy right. isn't rethinking his whole life because of what you told he him. should. Was this a DM or was it like a reply? Oh, no. I quote tweeted a DM. Ooh. He doesn't get he doesn't get the honor of me in Ooh. his DMs, Michael. Yeah, fam. Delete it. Mm-hmm. Burn on him. That's what I'm saying. You could have done better. He doesn't deserve better. That was minimal effort, but still hitting him where it hurts. Mm, yeah, you got him good. I, I I probably had a whole point and you, I'm just, I got nothing now. So if you got another transition, right, one of your great transitions, please hit us with it. Well, we're, I think at the end of our rundown, but we do have exciting news to announce. We have a bonus episode coming your way uh, in two days from now. I will not give away the special guests that we have, but we're very excited to have this person on. 
So stay tuned for that. Uh, and just get ready for a lot of great content from us, because like I said, the Miami Heat might be off, but we ain't going nowhere. Yeah, we're not going nowhere. We'll be on Clutch Corner this Thursday. I'm pretty sure is the day. That is and correct. We Time will have to be decided. Yes. I mean, TBD is just how we do. Uh, and then we have a live stream coming up next week. TBD on that. We will talk about it today like I am right now. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. We will mention it again on the bonus pod coming out in two days. Now we will mention it again on the next pod coming out next Tuesday. We'll just keep hitting you over the head with it yep. until we, I, you don't know what to do. Alana will tweet it every day because she doesn't even allow me to tweet out announcements regarding our show. That's so. true. Michael, poor Michael, every time asks if he can tweet first and I shut oh, him down. Okay. So swift. Okay. I asked once. No, asked that once. is untrue. I can count three different times and you only stop asking because you know, the answer will be no. Okay. Well, first of all, that's bullying and you know it. We all have our strengths, Michael. Secondly, when Bam comes out and absolutely wrecks the league next year, you better know that I'm going to mess with you just as much about Bam as I did about another player and what you said about him. And I didn't say it because I said I wasn't going to say it. But, but I'm, you know I'm what? I'm glad I was wrong about Duncan and I will be happy to be wrong about Bam as well. I will never, ever, ever give up on Bam unless we trade him, in which case go do your thing elsewhere. No, I like him. Actually, I'll take that back. I like him. I'm going to support him everywhere. Just like how you support uh, uh, Rich, Josh Richardson. Or like how Jay you Rich. like him. And you see, the, I feel like Bam is my Jay Rich. Fuzzies. You see, we were going to close out the episode and then Michael can't help but ramble. Okay, close it out. Let's close it out. All right. Good night, y'all. See you in two days. Thanks for listening to Feel the Heat. Can't get enough of your hosts? Follow Alana at at Alana Tahauer, T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R, and Michael at Michael, the number five RSN, on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe.